Life is like a hurricane here in Mouse Madnessburg. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod, or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. All right, Kyle, we're back for Aviary special bracket. This is a Disney bird bracket. We're finishing up here. We're, we're entering the round of eight. We are. Chris, that pun was pretty foul, if you ask me. Uh, we're, we're, oh. ready to, we're ready to dive into this Elite Eight. Uh, last time was interesting. I, it was, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it, other than I can't believe that our guest host did me dirty like that. And our guest host is back. It is my brother, Robbie. Robbie, welcome back to the best Disney bird bracket. What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. All right, it's been a week since we last spoke with you, and uh, I know that we left off last time talking about how you know difficult these matchups should be. Uh, have you really thought about anything, and and do you have any regrets after last bracket? No, I mean Piper is still the greatest, so we definitely made the right decision there. Um, we'll just see how far that goes, and um, I'm riding the wave still, you know. I feel it. Ride that wave. All right, so before we talk about these birds, we got a game to play, y'all. It's time. We got the second installment of Shop Disney Roulette. Oh, here we go. Last time I realized uh, that we didn't show this on video, so hopefully by the time this episode comes out, you guys will see the actual gifts we got because uh, in the last one, I received a avatar tail that i believed was a headband so you get to see me put this tail on my forehead as if it was a ponytail so let's hope that i can figure out what my gift is this time around yeah uh if y'all listen to that episode kyle was the winner of last installment of shop disney roulette a game where me and kyle choose a genre of something to buy each other from the internet we secretly send it to one another, and then we open it on the air, and our co-host decides who won the challenge. So, Robbie, are you stoked to be judging this installment of Shop Disney Roulette? Well, it's a huge responsibility, but I think I'm up for it. <laughs> it is a big responsibility. <laughs> huge responsibility. So, so, Chris, before we get started, the criteria for this Shop Disney Roulette is weirdest Disney bird item. We had to stay within theme. We, we're doing. Sure. We're talking best Disney bird. We're gonna crown the winner tonight. So uh, we of course had to stay in theme. So since you went first last time with the item I sent you, we're gonna reverse it. I'm gonna go first this time. So this uh, last time my gift came in a pretty big box. It was very light because it was the Avatar tail, and uh, that, that's a foam item that I thought was a headband. Uh, this time it's a much smaller box, but the same weight. Uh, it, it came in a cardboard box that looks like somebody kind of homemade. So this makes me think that it's eBay or Etsy related here. So I'm going to go ahead and attempt to open this up. It's very, very, very well taped. 
which is good Homemade because I, a... I, yeah, I hope that uh, they're really trying to protect something in here. It's a good sign. It is a good sign. This this is a valuable bird item, I think. All right. Okay, so there's there's like, <laughs> you know when uh, <laughs> when you buy something from eBay or Etsy and they want to keep it safe, they'll put whatever they can in it to. <laughs> to keep it safe this is definitely like uh like safeway plastic bags mm. we got rocking here yep. Yep. which is good <laughs> which is good because i know this item probably needs to stay safe uh a gift for you enjoy says the package on the inside for everybody who is anxiously waiting at home this box used to be a box for breakfast blueberry biscuits so it, it was definitely <laughs> reused. All right, let's go ahead and unwrap out of the Dollar Tree oh my God. bag. Not a sponsor. It keeps getting better. <laughs> not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Okay, so one bag down. I'm going to unwrap another bag here. This item is small, but firm. <laughs> I'm afraid to use this thing, but <laughs> so, so, you have to do it. So you what this is is a uh, a Mighty Ducks oh, no. Bill Duck Whistle. Um, <laughs> it is yellow and it has the old school Mighty Ducks logo on it. That is for sure this is for sure a duck whistle um if it comes oh. out that kyle has entered the hospital due to covid it's because i've blown God. on this on this hand me down uh duck whistle but we'll give it we'll give it a try here I guess. oh this my is, god this is a little scary but i'm gonna do it anyways <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is pure. That, that is, is so pure, pure, man. Let's this go. Is, oh, my it, so, God. So it comes with, like, a strap so I could keep it around my neck at all times. Um, And I would like to believe that this is from a hockey game. Like, this is a, this was given out or you could purchase. Probably. Um, but, probably. of course, the Mighty Ducks uh, is a Disney property. And the Anaheim Ducks changed their names from the Mighty Ducks to the Ducks when Disney gave up the rights. So this is my Disney roulette gift, and I think it's fantastic. Oh, my God. All right. Well, uh, I'm excited to get into mine here. So last one you sent me, Kyle, was an official Shop Disney mm -hmm. item. This is clearly not. Uh, this came in a big <laughs> box that is wrapped in some white material of some kind i don't know what it is it's very soft it's almost like something meant to be used inside of a package that that has wrapped the outside um <laughs> it's big but it's really light so i think it could be some type of hat or something that is not meant to be like crushed but uh, it's coming from c johnson in grand rapids michigan uh, um, ebay seller I don't know if C. Johnson from Grand Rapids is listening to Mouse Madness, but if you are, thank you so much for making this uh, Shop Disney roulette possible here. Um, let's go ahead and open it up. Just like yours, Kyle, this one is extremely well-wrapped, so I'm going to have to use some scissors here for sure. 
<laughs> I don't even know if I can get in here. Oh boy. I'm gonna have to come in through the side. <laughs> the anticipation. Oh okay, it's here so we good. go. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh what? This guy used a regular USPS flat rate shipping box and he just wrapped it. Like why don't you just <laughs> why even just have to use it? Oh my goodness. Maybe it's re maybe it's a reuse. Yeah, that could have been it. Okay, so the outside wrapping's off and uh we're getting into the inside wrapping here. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh jeez. Oh, no. Okay. So I <laughs> I knew it. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it, and I didn't. I didn't want it, but I knew. <laughs> I know you. I didn't knew. Want it. This is I worse. Need... <laughs> this is worse than. This is worse than the skunk hat. This is so bad. Well, first of all, I don't know if you got me a yeah. Mickey Mouse hat too. But it came. It came with it. It came okay. with it. <laughs> the Mickey Mouse hat is not part of the shop Disney no, roulette. It's not. It just came with it. Oh, this is so bad. <laughs> this is, oh my, oh, oh, it's it's looking at me. It's, oh, I can't look. So this no. is a Donald Duck hat. That <laughs> so is so much better person. It's like a Disneyland original. And look at its eyes. Those googly eyes. That's the scariest oh, no. thing I've ever seen. So... Oh, my, what am I? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I have to put, put it on. You have to put it on. <laughs> it's made for like a two-year-old. <laughs> it's a kid's. <laughs> I didn't know it was a kid's. <laughs> oh, that's terrifying. So in 1960, whatever, people were walking around the park with their Mickey ears and their like little Donald hats that <laughs> yeah. looked something like this. Um I will say this about the hat. It's it is stiff. Oh, like this no. is like a this is like a mesh oh. material that has been hardened after oh. years and years. Oh. Um, oh no. On the top of the hat is a sticker that says Walt Disney World Donald Duck. Uh pretty cool pretty cool sticker actually. Let's see if there's a year on here or something. Nope. Just says made in USA, so American production here, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it's a size large, and as you can see, it uh, must not. be like a, a baby's large or something. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be so small. So we had a um, uh, a purchase limit. We could we could not go over twenty five dollars because we're not we're not big spenders out here. We're not making a whole lot of money. No. So no. Chris, the the reason why that came with a Mickey hat is because I wanted to get you just the Donald, but just the Donald was like thirty bucks, and it coupled with the Mickey hat was twenty four. So what? I was like, yeah, we're gonna throw in the uh, the Mickey hat. We got a f and I do not own a Mickey hat, so this is actually. Uh this is actually yeah. nice. <laughs> well, as long uh, as it's not gross in a size child's large. Well, I mean, maybe this is supposed to fit like a Mickey hat. Like, maybe it's supposed to be one of these oh. and, like, sit back a little bit like that. Interesting, yeah. That doesn't maybe. look that bad, you know? No, it looks like what it should <laughs> look like. <laughs> Donald staring up at the... At the <laughs> Backwards? <laughs> 
Yeah, That's when it looks it, straight no, on, goodness. it's not good. It has to be, it has to be propped up a little bit. Yeah, that's much better. <laughs> He's so disappointed. So there was a, a while ago, and it could have partially have spawned this segment. We were Chris and I were sending each other weird like eBay, Disney things, and a similar hat to that one. It wasn't exactly that one, but a similar one popped up, and I sent it to Chris, and I was like, "It's nightmare fuel." So when I knew I was buying a bird thing, I was like, I need to find that Disney hat. And I'm so glad <laughs> it was available. I'm just glad I didn't also buy it for you because then we would have two scary Donald hats. <laughs> but uh, I guess this is the part where Robbie decides which item. God. Is it the creepy Donald hat or the Mighty Ducks duck collar? <laughs> <laughs> The weirder item. Oh, the weirder item. I have a question. Are those eyes, the googly eyes on the hat, an aftermarket effect, or was that an original <laughs> an original feature? Oh my god. Yeah. This is this is know. original. Oh, I mean baby. this is a- Okay. Um also I cannot believe Kyle actually put his mouth on that and that shows a lot of dedication Listen. to to his craft yeah, i appreciate I'm, that there's gonna be a lot of sanitizing happening after this uh, i'll tell you that okay it it sounds pretty good though if i, if I say so myself it does sound it very sounds good. fantastic it looks great um and i will say that my favorite personally would probably be probably be the duck whistle the weirdest bird item is on chris's head right now <laughs> by far and it's not even close <laughs> i mean it's the spawn of satan that you know no one else could actually imagine so yeah congratulations to the duck donald duck hat so i mean this this contest was over before it started. <laughs> yeah it was that was unfair i think we all knew i was gonna buy that one and so it was a little unfair but i think if it says anything chris the weirder thing is really the creepier mm-hmm. thing we went from a mangled eeyore puffball as the winner last time to this <laughs> spawn of satan donald hat uh the scarier the weirder the better you know what i just can't wait for the next installment of shop disney roulette where i'll try to take you down because you know what? you're two and oh now kyle i gotta step up my game i guess hanging in the rafters well before we go any further and start talking about these birds we gotta talk some spoonfuls of sugar kyle what are you sipping in oakland I still have a little bit of this Palm Psalms. I enjoyed the tropicalness last week. I think that it really put me in a zone to dissect some of these bird-like qualities, and I want to be in that same mindset for episode two. I brought it back, back on the beer game. I promise I'm going to come in hot with some crazy cocktails. Chris and I have some very exciting brackets coming up to end this 2020 year so with that will come some fun cocktails but for now i'm gonna just sip on some beer chris what you got well last week i was talking about how busy i have been with lots of stuff going on and uh i recently spent a a good amount of time three weeks in california and you know the unpacking the unpacking was a little slow you know it took a while you know it's full suitcase Sat on the floor of my living room for a while. <laughs> but, y'all, miracles happen every single day. I opened up my suitcase full of dirty clothes. Uh, what uh, should I find? Oh. Uh, but a single 805. 
somehow made its way into my suitcase back (laughs) from California. You know what? I'm just drinking it like it's the last beer on earth right now, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Robbie, what have you got today? There is no coast like the Lost Coast. I got the watermelon watermelon beer in hand, and I am a happy man. Oh, that's can't go wrong. You're you're big on the melon game. This uh, this bracket. It's all about the citrus, baby. <laughs> Gotta get the vitamin C. <laughs> all right, I guess. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. All right, Chris. Um, last week uh, we we did the dirty work, and now it's time to crown a winner. Let's go ahead and review really quick who our elite eight matchups are. It's the number one Donald Duck versus the number eight Scrooge McDuck. Uh, on the other side, we got number thirteen Archimedes from Sword in the Stone versus number twelve Hey Hey from Moana. Cross over the bracket, and you have number fifteen Alan Dale from Robin Hood versus number ten Nigel from Finding Nemo. And to round out the Elite Eight, it is the number fourteen Piper from the Pixar short Piper. First, the number six seed Diablo from Sleeping Beauty. I'll start us off this week because you started last week. Please do. Uh, so, so we started off last week's episode with Donald versus Dinky and Boomer. And for me, Donald kind of squeaked by, no sure. pun intended. But um, we talked about how... Donald has this temper, how he's a very prideful duck. He is, wait for it, iconic and important to the Disney universe. But he doesn't display a whole lot of duckly traits. There are just so, so many Donald cartoons and comics and all that stuff. I'm sure you could find some out there, but uh, from what we know about Donald... There's just a lot lot there. So on the other side of this matchup, we've got the number eight seed Scrooge McDuck, who is the pride of Glasgow, Scotland. And uh, we propped up Scrooge for being uh, a very bird-like in that he hoards his possessions. (laughs) He acquires them through questionable means, and then he hangs on tightly to them. Extremely bird-like. So at the end of last episode, we talked about how Kevin was a very nurturing bird, had bird children, and Scrooge nurtures his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I mean, I don't really know why he is the one who's like watching over them or raising them or or, or whatever, but uh, they are under his roof and he is their responsibility. Now... The thing that I think you could use as a counter argument to him being a nurturing bird is that a lot of his treatment of his nephews is like teaching them lessons, you know, like, "Mm, and that's why you do this or that or whatever. You don't really get that sense of like a, a genuine loving connection between Scrooge and Huey, Dewey and Louie. Uh, at least in the older DuckTales. I'll point to the first ever episode of DuckTales, the pilot episode. Uh, it's an episode where the evil duck sorceress, I can't remember her name. It's like Elvira or something like that. Yeah. She c- clones Huey, Dewey, and Louie. She like takes a couple of her like burglar minions and then like turns them into Huey and Dewey and Louie and, and swaps them mm-hmm. on Scrooge. At the end of the episode, 
to get the real Huey, Dewey, and Louie back, he, like, gives away his, like, most important prized possession, which is, like, the first dime he ever made. And then they're, like, in the helicopter ride home, and uh, this woman who's, like, doing a news story on Scrooge it's like, I can't believe you gave away your most prized possession to save your nephews. You're such a nice guy. And he's like, ha ha, I bet you, you didn't really think I'd give away my most prized possession. I got the real dime right here in the old switcheroo. <laughs> so it's kind of like, all right, so you're saying you wouldn't give away your most prized possession. And I don't think he would. I, I think he would absolutely choose his possessions over his children or his nephews every single time. That being said, birds don't really like stay looking after their hatchlings forever. Like at some point your birds leave the nest, you know? Yeah. So I think Scrooge is, is not necessarily a great contender in this bracket, but I still think there's more to him than there is to Donald both as a character and as a bird. So I think I, I'm good going with Scrooge to the final four. Uh, the reason why the nephews live in uh, McDuck Mansion is because uh, Donald was essentially watching over them. So this is the from the new series. They answer a lot of these questions in the new series. You're a uh, huge new DuckTales fan. I'm <laughs> I'm definitely not mad at it. I'm happy that it happened. That's for sure. Uh, Della is Donald's sister, the, the mother to Huey, Dewey, and Louie, who was alluded to in the original uh, DuckTales as well. And Della was an adventurer with Scrooge uh, and even Donald in a past life, apparently. And she she got lost and presumably died on an adventure uh in which she went to space and and got left there uh so donald's taking care of you doing louis and they were going to visit uh uncle scrooge and donald parks the houseboat and the nephews like figure like accidentally blow it up so they're forced to like stay at scrooge mcmanor uh, because the houseboat is out of commission, they can't leave. So that's like the backstory from the new one of why they're there, which isn't really given at all in, in the original DuckTales. But we also didn't really need it unless you're like you and me who are talking about it on this podcast and want to know. So that's just a little bit of fun fact for you. Uh, I, Yeah, this, this feels very much like a... We're just talking about two of very similar characters. Scrooge is definitely not nurturing. And I think that uh, part of who raises the nephews is actually Mrs. Beakley, uh, the like maid of the manor. And she actually is the one that's looking after them and, and teaching them a lot of the, the lessons that they need to learn. Scrooge is kind of like figuring out ways that he can keep these <laughs> these nephews alive without actually having to like parentally guide them he's constantly going off doing his own thing uh, uh preserving his money keeping it safe from the where the, what's the dog gang's name the bugle boys yeah, from the bugle boys. bugle boys yeah <laughs> beagle, uh, boys? beagle boys beagle boys makes a lot more sense because they're dogs <laughs> it makes more sense 
uh yeah keep his fortune safe from the beagle boys so uh he has his own agenda the nephews are annoying and just try or constantly causing issues uh donald is you know he he's lovable robbie spit the fact that he's the most popular disney character in europe i don't know where he pulled it out but uh it, it rings semi-true it he's lasted this long there's there's something mm. relatable about this angry angry man uh, of a duck uh, yeah i i i denounced i i didn't pass donald on last time pass scrooge on last time i'm pass scrooge on again with you chris uh, Robbie down goes the most famous duck in Disney history. What are your thoughts? Doesn't even make sense. Um, I disrespectfully disagree with both of you. <laughs> um, I don't understand how you could eliminate such an OG as Donald Duck uh, so early, but I guess I'm voiceless here and we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Super voiceless. Let's move on to the next round. It is the number 13, Archimedes versus number 12, Hey Hey. Uh, I think this is where Hey Hey dies for me, Chris. Uh, Archimedes and his character's agency is unlike the clutchness of Hey Hey. Hey Hey doesn't know why Hey Hey does the things that Hey Hey does. I think that's very evident. Didn't know Hey Hey was saving the world. Hey Hey didn't know Hey Hey was coming in clutch. There's absolutely no way. That could also be very bird-like, but it's not very Disney of Hey Hey. I think that the a lot of these characters, when you're thinking about Disney, you think about character development. You think about who these uh, these people that we go on these journeys with are, and you get more out of Archimedes. And you know, we all know who Archimedes is. We've talked about last last episode how he's slightly relatable. He could be annoying because of the uh, problems he poses to the plot of the movie. But when you take a step back and just watch him, you kind of get it. It would be really annoying to live with Merlin and you would really actually act like this bird if you had to. He doesn't abandon birdness. He's not just walking around on two feet. He's actually like flying up into branches and watching from above the actions that are taking place. Archimedes is a solid bird, man. Uh, it, it, hey, hey is, like I said last time, chickens are dumb, like really, really dumb. And so is Hey, hey. But they take t- Hey, hey to a point where it's just so much. It's unnecessarily stupid bird. Um, a bird that missed the dance for me that I really wanted to bring up but totally forgot about until we started talking about Hey, hey last bracket or last episode was Becky from Finding Nemo 2, Finding Dory. Uh, Becky was this bird that was very like uh, uh, very like robotic and Terminator-y, very weird bird that they would summon to like do things, but only if you summon Becky in specific ways. Chris, you're staring at me like you don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. I... I- <laughs> feel like I blocked Finding Dory out, which is <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. I thought um, it was a seal, like a seal no, named Gerald. Gerald. That's Gerald. Yeah. yeah there was also this a bird named different. Becky. There was okay. a bird named Becky. Ah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so if you bird, if you yeah. haven't seen Finding Dory or you blocked it out of your <laughs> memory of Disney movies, which I don't really blame you, uh, Becky is a very solid bird character because of 
her kind of unpredictability and you know strictly birdness kind of weird in this realm of talking animals that becky is like so bird-like um so that was a little weird same thing kind of goes with hey hey and even like pua we got a talking crab uh but we we can't get a talking uh, these talking sidekicks chris and i talked about justice for pua pua should have been on that boat to begin with uh and this then we wouldn't even have to have the hey hey discussion but we are the exaggerated dumbness the vehicle for cheap laughs just does not do it for me archimedes is moving on it's it's just so interesting and like why i hate hey hey so much and and <laughs> on the other hand a character like sven loves sven but they kind of like are similar in that they both are like quiet they don't talk they're kind of derpy and doofusy i feel like sven at least like has a little bit character about him like you know he like looks at you in a certain way or like hey hey is just stupid the thing that's nuts is i typed hey hey in to etsy and uh there's a lot of hey hey merch out there (laughs) a lot of people deeply relate to hey hey as well (laughs) sure it's a little bit troubling there's like hey hey covid masks hey hey wine glasses there's like a whole cult of hey hey and i'm not here for any of it um yeah 100 percent. archimedes to me uh while you were talking i started to draw the connection between your take on archimedes and my take on tinkerbell where it's like interesting archimedes hates all the characters in sword and the stone so do i and tinkerbell hates all the characters peter pan so do i so right yeah uh love that take love that reading of the character also, uh, I'm afraid of what Robbie might do with Hey Hey if I advance him. So, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to strategically advance Archimedes here. So, Robbie, what are, get some last words for Hey Hey. Listen, Charlie. Ch- I mean, Hey Hey was <laughs> one of my favorite on here. There's a reason why Hey Hey is 12 and Archimedes is 13. But again, I will just let things happen and you know let Hey Hey go. Let's move over to the other side of the bracket where we got our next Elite Eight matchup. It's number 15, Alan Dale versus number 10, Nigel. This one is super tough because I would say these two birds, if I was just picking based on, like, which one do you like more, like, take into account all your biases, don't overthink it, like, who's your favorite character on here, these two would probably be at the top of the list. Yeah. With Piper. That'd probably be my top three. Uh, so to see these two go up against each other, it's tough. Alan Adele, just such a cool, likable character. He's got the the folk singer disposition about him where he's just kind of there singing about what's going on. Yeah, super chill. Dire times in Nottingham. <laughs> yeah. Dire times, taxes... <laughs> At an all-time high, people are in prison in the street. Alan Adele's just there with his little whatever <laughs> instrument that thing is, mandolin. Yeah. 
And he's just singing about what's going on. He's just like you said it last week. He's the narrator of Robin Hood. And that is uh, visually seen at the beginning and the end of the movie. At the beginning, when he starts with the whistle stop song, all the characters are like coming off of the pages, and Alan Adale's on the guitar, like leading them into the story. One of my favorite title sequences in Disney. And. Yeah, like I, this is a character like I want to spend time with. Like I wish Alan Dale was a real person, and we could mm-hmm. just like chill out, and he could play me some cool folk songs. Mm-hmm. But uh, we talked about his roosterness, and like Kyle, you were like, I don't know what a rooster does. I guess they sing. They they you're loud in the morning, but I don't know what else. I mean, roosters yeah. are uh, big. Alan Dale's yes. a big guy. Yes, um, they're used in in bird cockfighting rings <laughs> i don't see our chill dude in a fight at any point definitely not um and yeah i just i just i don't see the bird qualities there if alan adale was like a, a cat of some kind like he's got a lot of thomas o'malley in him he really oh, does yes, like that's a great comparison i'm trying to think of a, another like cool animal uh I mean, there nah. maybe there might be some bird out there that's cool, but it's not a rooster. Mm-mm. Walrus? Are walruses cool? Mm, they seem aggressive. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, regardless. <laughs> the dodo? Dodos dead, are, but... Sure, dodo. <laughs> <laughs> We're going up against the number 10 seed, Nigel. Uh, he's got He's got a little bit of everything, man. Nigel is a deadly deadly number 10 seed i mean he's got the the likability he's got the bird qualities last week we talked about how uh you know he's scooping fish up in his mouth like a pelican would he's crashing into windows he's flying around like a crazy person all over a dentist's office extremely bird-like uh we see him as part of a flock which is not something that we see a whole lot of from really any of these other birds yeah you're Uh, right there's there's like the flock of pelicans is like sitting on top of some kind of building when gerald's choking and they're like hey nigel go down there and help out gerald (laughs) and like nigel is i guess the leader or at least like the guy the man with a plan amongst this this like flock of pelicans yeah so uh You've got all those bird traits, and, and, and like we said, he's got the likability traits, too. He's just, he's just a good guy. He's trying to help Nemo. He's trying to help Marlin. And, you know, for how much I like Alan Adale, I think when you factor into all of those things, Nigel has to advance to the Final Four. Yeah, I, it's ridiculously tough uh, because I agree with you. I really like Alan and Dale. He's kind of one of those underrated just Disney characters in general. Definitely. You know, super solid character that you most people don't really have problems with, you know, and, and it's he serves a purpose. I mean, he does serve a purpose in the movie. He's not just a, a character to entice people to continue watching or, or to get laughs or to appease to the musical fan base he's moving the plot along quite literally by telling what's happening and what is going to happen what had just happened it gives you context to understand the scenes 
very very great plot device for this movie that they try you know they want to do a lot in so why not just speed it up anti-montage and have somebody explain it in this folky way for this kind of folk tale tale you know it's great i'm all about it so alan adele is super awesome Nigel, it, God, man, it just sucks that he's up against Nigel <laughs> because Nigel is one of those characters in Finding Nemo. Like, there's a lot of characters in Finding Nemo, right? Like, they're going on an adventure and they are encountering so many characters from the sharks to the sardines to the fish tank folk to Nigel, to the seagulls, to the sea turtles, to the school kids. There's so much happening in Finding Nemo, and we crowned it the best Pixar movie. And I think rightfully so, because we didn't have to, one, spend a ton of time with each of these characters. Two, the characters weren't there just to be there for the most part. Uh, they all served a purpose and it was not obnoxious and three you have these really warm and endearing characters like Nigel who are of these real world representations animated in a way that's believable I think I brought up in the best Pixar short uh, bracket that the first time we see the Sydney Harbor um, the water and the landscape is exceptionally well done and it looks very real and that transitions into you meeting uh nigel and the birds the really weird thing in in the animation choice that they made here is make nigel and the pelicans super realistic but make the seagulls super cartoonish <laughs> I'm like, like that's registered for me, but I've never like thought about it till right it's, now. It's like, that's so really true. It's so interesting, and it kind of makes you think it's because what they want to say about seagulls is that they're all just annoying food robots. You know, they're just there's no personality in seagulls. They're just like existing to eat and be annoying, which they accomplished. I also have a soft spot for Nigel, Chris, because he is voiced by Jeffrey Rush, who is our boy Barbosa in Pirates of the Caribbean, son. The winner. The winner. The winner. I mean, he Nigel's from a winning movie with a winning pirate and up against Alan Adele. I don't have a single bad thing about to say about Alan Adele. It's just Nigel's the stronger bird here. Nigel's moving on. Robbie, your thoughts. The only distinction, I don't feel good about eliminating either one of these characters, but the only distinction I had was that Nigel's the friend that you want to be friends with, but Alan's the person that you want to be. You want to be that chill, that dude, just kind of playing music and stuff. But yeah, I mean, there's not a wrong answer here, I don't think, you know, so Nigel's a good choice. Okay, let's go ahead and jump over to the other side of this. No, let's go down to the last Elite Eight matchup. It is number 14, Piper from Piper. Verse number six, Diablo from Sleeping Beauty. All right, these are two birds that are extremely bird-like, very representative of who of their species of birds. They don't talk. 
neither of them really even make a sound. I guess Piper chirps a little bit when uh, when it wants food, but you don't hear a whole lot of out of Diablo. They both have agency. I mean, Piper wants food for sure, wants to learn how to find food, learns new ways to find food, and thinks independently of the rest of the flock. I don't know enough about birds to know if that's something that birds will often do is stray from the flock in the way that flocks do things. But I'm also not going to, you know bash piper on it because i don't have enough evidence to back up that <laughs> this bird wouldn't do that diablo is very much like what you think of like a raven for sure just kind of sinister uh conniving smart and sleuth uh solving problems i mean there's that famous study about uh birds being able to remember faces and also Ravens being able to like break open shells using tools <laughs> and Diablo is the essence of that. Like Diablo looks like Diablo can use tools to get jobs done because Diablo is extremely smart, smart enough for a human like Maleficent to rely on him for information and surveying and surveillance. You know, it's, Diablo is a real one. Piper gives us an interesting look at, at Disney birds because we don't get to see birds in their natural habitats outside of maybe when we're introduced to Nigel, who's on like a pier waiting for food or, or just returning from getting food and now they're just hanging out like pelicans do. But Piper, this is the story of this kind of shorebird and you you see it a lot especially like on the east coast how these birds act and and the way that they run out to get food and it's just the story of their existence just added a little disney flair and that's what that agency is the disneyness of piper in my opinion uh we get a whole lot of bird we get a little taste of disney agency and and character development uh and and what pixar does best which is nonverbal story development Chris, this is super hard because uh, I I really like Piper. I really, really like Diablo. And I think in this matchup, I'm going to bias with my, you know, quintessential heart and it's going to be Diablo. I just get more of that Disney feel out of Diablo than I do Piper. And this is another matchup where it's not bashing Piper for anything. It's just I have that you know, affection for Diablo's character. You propose the question is going against the flock bird-like. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think in this moment Piper is trying to like swim against the grain or anything. I think birds are very like inquisitive creatures. Like they're trying to like suss out a situation, uh, get as close as they can to something to, to try and figure out what's going on or like what they can get away with. So like I interpret that scene in Piper or all of Piper really not as like a, 
oh, this person is like just defying traditions amongst this like sandpiper flock. It's more like, you know, this bird is discovering something for the first time. Uh, and to me, that that is really bird-like. I mentioned with Scrooge that leaving the nest is, is an important bird quality, and we get that with Piper. Uh, we get to see this bird at the beginning open its mouth for food to its mother and, and be feed the old-fashioned way through regurgitation. Uh, and then and she's like, no, you got to go out and, and get the food like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Love, I love how you brought up uh, being able to see the whole flock and how this bird is a part of a flock. We get to see a whole bird ecosystem and those, you know, little uh, nesting spaces, ecosystems along the shores are, are like super, super important. And ones that exist in Santa Barbara where we went to school, home of the snowy plovers, endangered species. Uh-huh. So I like, I like to see that uh, really like small scale kind of like environment really this 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 whole short film takes place in like a little five foot area uh and you but but it's like the whole world to this little this little piper right i think both of these feel very disney in their own ways Obviously, with Diablo, you've got that classic animation style, the classic storytelling, the classic good versus evil, uh, and Diablo fits in there perfectly. Piper is kind of like the newer style, and, and you know it's definitely very Pixar. There's a lot of lessons to be learned, a lot of ways uh, we're supposed to relate to the character. So uh, I think these both are quintessential Disney, but quintessential disney in in different eras sure the winner of the best dogs bracket was dante (laughs) dante was a dog's dog yeah and unfortunately both of these birds are birds birds so again we just have to go with our biases like we've been doing i'm going with piper which means we're going to robbie to settle the tie break what do you got, buddy? What y'all think? Oh, oh <laughs> no, I was kidding. Here it is. It's it's purity versus wickedness. It's innocence versus sinfulness. But overall, it's emotion, right? You you get the emotion that these characters are trying to depict within their screen time. What I'm curious is how much screen time does Diablo have versus uh, Piper? Because I feel like they would be kind of similar. Who was more efficient with that screen time as far as evoking that emotion into you? With that being said, I still feel that Piper evoked more emotion and a more bird-like quality, which may be because it has more of a technology aspect to it, but still, it's Piper. I, I, you took that argument in a way that I wasn't even thinking about, so I can, I can respect it. A little sad because I love Diablo, but it's what <laughs> we'll do. All right. We've got our final four matchup. It's eight Scrooge versus 13 Archimedes and 10 Nigel versus 14 Piper. We've got some high seeds in our final four here. But uh, let's kick it off with our first matchup, eight Scrooge versus 13 Archimedes. This is where we really got to start getting down to the nitty-gritty when it comes to bird-like qualities. Mm -hmm. Archimedes... Like, we love him as a character. We've been propping him up for, like, you know, him just being funny and, like, relatable and that kind of stuff. Uh, But what about him being a bird? 
Archimedes is uh, very independent. You know, like we, we keep say, saying he wants to be left alone. Surely there are some bird species that want to be left alone and live in seclusion. And, you know, owls definitely are one of those. Yeah. They're, they're, yep. they're, they hunt at night. Very, very rare to see an owl. A lot of times you'll be driving in your car or something and it'll just like randomly whoosh. And like that's the only time you've ever seen an owl in your whole life. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, like Archimedes, you know, wanting to be left alone, sure, kind of makes sense. But to me, birds are very like visible creatures too. I mean, I live in New York City, where like there's a bird two feet from you at all times, <laughs> like, and they have no regard for your personal space whatsoever. Right. At least the city birds do, you know, like <laughs> so many birds are skittish and they're so easily to be scared off. And like New York birds, man, they just, they do not care. And seagulls honestly are, are a lot like that too. But, uh, you know, we can talk about that later. Scrooge, whew, man, I feel like we kind of keep trying to make Scrooge happen. Like we keep trying to find these little things that make him feel really bird-like, but in the end, he is very anthropomorphic. Archimedes is anthropomorphic, but but not as much as Scrooge is. So, um, just yeah, just from a form factor, I think Archimedes has the advantage there. I think when you put all of the evidence together, Archimedes has more bird-like qualities. And I think that's why I'm advancing him to the finals. Kind of hesitantly, but I'm sending him there. Yeah, I think you're right in that we were trying to make Scrooge happen. Um, I think he definitely, of the anthropomorphic characters that we had on this bracket, he deserved to last the longest. Uh, both from a character development side to, you know, his few, if any, bird qualities. So it, it definitely makes sense uh, that he made it as far as he did, just coming from the quadrant of the bracket that he came from. But this is definitely where we need to start cracking down, and this is I think this is the right choice. I think that Archimedes is, even though he's very you know intelligent and he he's seems to be this kind of intellectual character uh throughout the film and it's it's partially due to the fact that Merlin's an idiot and it's partially to the fact that Arthur's an absolute idiot and so when you have screen time with all three of them for the most of the movie of course he's going to seem way smarter um but he also, you know, is set up to seem like this scholar and this philosopher type character, which we debunked that owls actually aren't. However, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck is also just n no duck qualities about him. So when you compare even that, uh, so we can we can continue to kind of, you know, roast Archimedes a little bit more as we move on here, but he's definitely going on. So, Robbie, your thoughts about Scrooge even making it this far? Respect to Scrooge, um, but 
I made a comment that Archimedes was a flat earther. Yeah, let's dive now, in. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Listen. Okay, here it is. It's actually accurate that he would be a flat earther because in order to see the curvature of the earth, you have to be 35,000 feet. Birds can only fly about <laughs> 10,000 feet. He wouldn't see the curvature of the earth. Therefore, he would probably be a flat earther. He is the most realistic bird here. But okay, here's a question for the two of you. So Merlin has shown that he traveled to the future. He brings up that he's seen trains. He's brought up even other instances of things that oh helicopters he he mentioned a helicopter and arthur's like what are you talking about he's like oh yeah sorry never mind so merlin is this time traveling wizard that has seen it all and knows that the earth is round because he has a globe and he explains that the earth is round you're going to you're going to figure that out so robbie you're telling me that archimedes still believes that the earth is flat because he didn't travel with Merlin or because Merlin's a psychopath and he just doesn't want to believe anything that this crazy old wizard has to say. I mean, would you? <laughs> this, dude, this crackhead's coming up to you saying that there is a round earth. I, I wouldn't believe him. So as a bird, I don't think he would either. I mean, fair. Chris, when, when you watch Sword in the Stone, do you think that Archimedes traveled along with Merlin and and would believe anything that Merlin said just based upon who he is. Archimedes definitely stays home for most <laughs> trips. Uh, As well he should. He's like this is my this is my quiet time. Yeah. Going to cleanse my aura while he's gone. Archimedes yeah. is definitely a crystal aura type. 100%. 100%. Okay, let's go ahead and figure out who we are sending to the finals to face off against Archimedes. Is it going to be number 10, Nigel, or number 14, Piper? Oh, <laughs> baby boys. This one's going to be tough. Yikes. All right. So, as I broke down last time, last round, Piper's great because Piper is a bird's bird uh, through and through. The story of Piper is very much the story of that species of bird thousand percent chris brought up that like the disney quality of piper is this storytelling and this agency from this baby bird to figure out how it's gonna get that food i agree i i'm not hating on that uh and and the disney aspect of even the technology to make these birds look how they do is impressive and and very much within the disney realm of what it is to be a product of that animation studio. Nigel is also very much a bird's bird. I mean, very much shows the qualities of pelicans, uses the large pouch to not only allude to it him eating, but also uh, like allude to the fact that even though the pouch is huge, these birds can choke because birds are still dumb at the end of the day. And even some in the flock are dumber than others. He's also kind of this, you know, Piper character where he's figuring out a different way of life than maybe the rest of the flock, where the rest of the flock is, you know, waiting for the next food and uh, fish to show up to eat and kind of hanging out, chilling, while Nigel's like getting that education, staying outside of a dentist window and like learning about dentistry, which is 
very great because it shows agency, which shows character development and which is what Disney does best. For me, this is, you know, you you said last round, like, we got to get into the nitty gritty here. I feel like we got into the nitty gritty with Nigel and Piper throughout the discussions of both of them. So it's coming down to really who I feel like should be in the finals. And for me here, it's Nigel. It's Nigel for me. And it's it's that the the character of Nigel, it's the fact that he can speak, but it's also not like he's walking around straight up like Donald Duck and he's like just this comedic uh, scapegoat. He actually moves the plot along. He's a character that we like and that we would want to befriend and have somebody have our back. Like he has the backs of Nemo and Marlin and Dory. Someone that's resourceful, uh, which birds have to be in the wild and, and to in order to survive. He's a solid bird, man. I'm sending him to the finals. Robbie, I apologize for what I'm no. about to do. I still no way. I still will die for Piper, but oh. I love a character on any of these types of brackets that incorporates a little bit of everything and i if i have to sacrifice a little bit of realistic bird to get back a little bit more disney a little bit more hamminess i guess i'll have to do it so i agree and i am advancing nigel to the finals robbie what are you feeling right now (laughs) there's a lot of mistakes made here um there is no more realistic bird than piper and that is not even up for argument it's not even up for argument um nigel's a great guy cool yeah sure but piper (laughs) is the person for this tournament piper is what you guys are trying to narrow your scope into and you just completely lost your minds here but hey it is what it is nigel's a good good person so all right well that takes us pretty nicely into our finals discussion where we've got the number 13 seed archimedes versus number 10 nigel so robbie you're talking about how Piper is the most realistic bird on here. 100% agree. But we are not trying to determine that of the 16 listed birds, which bird from a Disney thing acts most like a bird. We are trying to find the best Disney bird. Which bird is going to represent the genre that is Disney birds. So I have to close my eyes and think about what do I think of? When I think of a Disney bird, well, first of all, I think of something that's not like a lead character or like a heroic character. You know, like birds just naturally are kind of in the background or off to the side. I think a good Disney bird has a a little dose of comedy in it as well. Because birds, because they're kind of like distant from a situation... They're observing it and maybe can provide a little bit of, of insight that's uh, kind of nonpartisan to what's going on. You know, I think of like the Tiki Room Barker bird as like a, another bird that we haven't talked about a lot, yes. who is just kind of like up in the rafters there making comments. I mean, any of the Tiki Room birds, really. You know, you've got your Iagos and your Zazus and like, like they're all sidekick types that are just kind of there. Uh, observing the situation and commenting on what's going on. It's a bird that is 
semi-bird-like, but still a little bit anthropomorphic. Uh, it's a bird that uh, has a lot of character, is a little bit flamboyant at times. Uh, a bird that has a lot to say. A bird that feels lots of emotions. A bird that gets frustrated, maybe. These are traits of the Disney bird. And when we're talking about the two that we have left, the one that embodies that more so is Archimedes. Oh, I'm so sick. And I did not think that I would get to that point. But if we're bringing it back around (laughs) to representing the genre, I got Archimedes as your best Disney bird. It's, I mean, you're definitely, like, not wrong. Uh, Archimedes does serve all of the purposes that you just laid out and falls into the tropes that you just laid out. But I think I have a slightly different interpretation in that I think that the best Disney something is one that also exudes, you know, agency in a way that helps with not only the plot but assists in the hero's journey in some way archimedes definitely does but sword in the stone is such is a movie that's just so all over the place that like archimedes is almost served as a a getting out of a situation so that we can move into a new situation as opposed to doing anything helpful for the movie itself in my opinion he's saving arthur from all these weird situations sometimes he's not even in the realm of what's happening in the movie and that to you that is what makes a bird is kind of on the outside doing whatever but also you can birds can be on the outside doing whatever but you can enter their habitat and be engulfed in birddom (laughs) always and that's kind of like nigel and it's kind of just like going to the beach in general like you show up and seagulls are freaking everywhere open one bag of chips and you'll never be left alone i like what nigel does because i feel like when you see pelicans unless they're traveling to a new location for a lot of the times they're kind of on their own just like flying to the next dive right you see pelicans either like soaring over you in like the massive V, which would just in my mind and living in Santa Barbara and we both lived on DP, we both lived Oceanside. So we saw these, uh, these birds a lot. A lot of times they would fly off and they would land in the oceans like after they flew in the V. And then after that, they're just going off different directions, doing their own thing. I feel like when we meet Nigel, they just got back from that flying V. They landed on that pier and now they're free to roam about the cabin, right? They're ready to like do whatever they need to do to eat. Some of them choke on some food. They're really annoyed by these rats with wings. It's all of these things that I like about Disney, that it's something that's relatable and familiar. We know pelicans. We know their, their habits and how they act. But also it adds that little Disney flair of giving them personality and agency and helping to move the plot along in a way that's not intrusive he's used quite literally as a vehicle he needs to get these fish from where they need to go 
uh, we I brought up like surveying a lot and just kind of being the eye in the sky. He kind of serves that for like Marlon and Dory. He doesn't connect the dots as he should, uh, not realizing that Nemo is actually Marlon's son when he meets Marlon and says that he he's missing a son, but then tries to bring him there. I don't know. I just feel like in this matchup and when we're talking best Disney bird, it's got to be Nigel. He just embodies everything that I think is Disney and everything that I like about how they show a bird. With you, Chris, I'm not... I, I don't think that there's necessarily... This isn't a contentious matchup. I think that either way I would be okay, but I'm going to go Nigel here. So, Robbie, uh, you get a break a tie. You've taken some hits in this, uh, this episode specifically. You're going to crown the best Disney bird. It's all on your shoulders. Take it away. Fellas, listen. It was supposed to be easy. I don't understand <laughs> how we got here. Okay, we don't but need you to be aggressive are. with us. We just need you to take, make the decision for us and crown the best Disney bird. Don't act like yeah, you're about I, to beat us up over these choices. I just, I can't see Archimedes, man. I, I mean, I'm trying to be unbiased. And, you know, when I think of Disney, I think of like a compassionate, goofy kind of a character. Um Archimedes seems like a side character that you would see and just kind of forget about after a while. But you will remember Nigel because of his kindness, um, how he was funny at times. He was just very well developed. So this is 100% Nigel uh, for my vote. And that does it. That does it. Chris, we have crowned our best Disney bird, and that is Nigel from the movie Finding Nemo. And as we always do, it is time for us to clap it out. Chris, uh, in Mouse Madness Dumb and in the Hall of Fame, I think that the Finding Nemo camp can hang the most banners out of any of the uh, the entities that we've talked about. The Mulan camp has a couple of banners. The Finding Nemo camp has a couple of banners. The Jeffrey Rush camp got two Banners Look in the Mouse him. Madness Hall of Fame. Watch him go. Watch him go. Well, everybody, uh, really appreciate you guys listening into this wacky episode uh, talking about Disney birds. As I alluded to earlier in this episode, Chris and I have a very strong lineup of brackets coming your way, and we're very excited, and we're we're happy that you've stuck around with us and continue to you know review us and. And engage with us online we love to hear your opinions but robbie we appreciate you joining us you came in super hot and i don't appreciate how aggressive you were with us so i'm gonna consider that if we want to invite you back but for this one we appreciate it thank you get emotional sometimes but this was a great pleasure to be on thank you very much for having me all right everyone well you know how to reach us if you got something to say about this episode send us an email at mousemanduspodcast at gmail.com Send us a tweet at MouseMadnessPod. You can join our Facebook group or our Discord server, which is linked in the description of this podcast. Until next time, Boot Snack! I wanna walk like you, walk like you too.